Hello, my friends, and welcome to worship at Carmen United Church for February 28th of 2020. I am Reverend Nick Phillips, the pastor of the church, and I'm so glad you've joined us for worship this day from wherever you are joining us from. Let's just take a moment now to prepare our hearts to worship our Almighty God. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 12 through 20. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from. And where I am going, but you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, Therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. But no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. Lord of all wisdom, all peace, and all knowing, we welcome you here today. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. I want to start today with a bit of a story from my last few days here. With the increase in COVID we've seen in the province of late, there seems to be a bit of worry, understandably so. We've seen places, places like New Brunswick and Newfoundland have huge spikes in their caseload for COVID. And we are hoping to avoid the same here in Nova Scotia. On Wednesday, I developed a bit of a sore throat. You may be noticing it here in my speech. It's the only symptom I have. I haven't been around anyone that I'm aware of of having a cold or any other sickness. Normally, when I'm out and about in the community, I'm, I'm as careful as I can those few times that I am out. I try my best to follow the rules. I wear a mask. I keep my distance from others as best I can. I, I use hand sanitizer. I wash my hands. But when I go into a school and I referee a basketball game, I am without a mask for most of my time that I'm in there. So I decided, given I have a sore throat, I better get a COVID test, just to be sure. You know, better safe than sorry. It was an interesting experience, to say the least. I started by doing the online evaluation. And even though I only ticked off one box in the entire survey, it told me I should book a test. So I did. Only a few hours later, I was at the COVID testing site at the Northside General Hospital, which they've put into the emergency department that's been pretty much closed for the last year. I rang the bell at the door and I walked into the ambulance bay. Someone opened the, uh, the next door and greeted me and welcomed me in and uh, put me into an examination room. A nurse came along and, and asked me a few questions from outside the room. It's those kind of questions we've been hearing quite a bit over the last 12 months. Have you traveled? Have you been in contact with anyone who's tested positive? Do you have symptoms? Those kinds of questions. I answered no to all of her questions except for that last one around symptoms. And I told her about my sore throat. She said then, okay, I'll go get my, I'll go get suited up and I'll be right in. So she went and put on all of her PPE, her personal protective equipment, and came in to administer the test. She was very nice about it. She explained in great detail what I was going to experience as she prepared to swipe uh, to swab my nasal cavity. Or as I like to put it, she poked me in the brain. She told me she was going to insert a swab into my nose. She told me she was going to go deep. She told me it would burn, that my eyes would water, and then she also said that some people report a strange taste or a smell. I thanked her for being very honest about what to expect, and I pulled down my mask so that she could administer the test. It did go up my nose. It did go deep. It did burn a little bit, and my eyes did water, but I did not experience the odd taste or smell. When I was talking with a friend later, comparing our notes, our experiences, she told me that she was, uh, 
she she was told it would be like getting uh, chlorine or pool water up your nose and that's pretty much exactly how it felt for me afterwards that sensation and and it lasted a few hours so overall while it was a bit unpleasant i was in and out of the hospital within 10 minutes i was pretty confident i didn't have covid but dr strang is encouraging us all to get tested and even though i only had one symptom i thought i might as well go see what all the fuss is about and in less than 24 hours i received a phone call with my results that i was negative i do not have covid at this time i share this story because there's been some general feelings of shame being put on people who need to go for tests who have been put at risk or or even those who have tested positive and i don't think that there necessarily should be i am following the rules to the best of my ability as many people are but as i read in an online article by tim bosquet a halifax reporter just this morning he said it's a squirrely virus this covid it doesn't care about our desire to track it or our propensity to place blame now thankfully the vaccine is starting to be distributed more widely and i'm sure some of you are looking forward to getting your letters telling you that you're able to book your own uh vaccine administration your appointment i will have to wait and i'm okay with that because there are people who need it more than i do and those people should get it before i do you know it's starting to feel like we're getting close that there's hope it feels like the end of this could all be so near and even though we know yes we'll probably have to wear masks for another year or so it will be nice though when we can start to gather together in a way that is at least reminiscent of the normal that we miss so much meanwhile we put our hope we put our trust in what god has for us what god has for us now and into the future as his children jesus even says in our reading today i am the light of the world whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life we continue today to look at the i am statements of jesus in the gospel of john today from chapter 8 jesus makes this statement i am the light of the world last week jesus was talking to a crowd that's been following him around when he tells them that he is the bread of life this week who is it jesus is talking to it's not immediately apparent when we you know pick up our bible and flip to verse 12 exactly who it is he's talking to but we find out quickly that he's largely talking to the pharisees this passage comes directly after Jesus is teaching in the temple. Jesus is teaching in there and the Pharisees drag in a woman who's been caught in adultery. And they ask Jesus if she should be stoned to death as it is commanded in the law of Moses. Now I'm not going to dwell on this story because it is a, a a big story. It's a sermon all in itself. But Jesus simply responds to them while whoever is without sin while they get to cast the first stone the realization is that no one is without sin and no stones are cast 
Jesus simply turns to the woman and tells her, he forgives her, and then he tells her, go and sin no more. Who are these Pharisees that bring this woman, who are standing in front of Jesus in our reading today? The Pharisees are the religious leaders of the time. They are seen as the authority on religious and spiritual matters. They are the experts. They also know immediately the importance of the words that Jesus used, where he says, I am. They know the law and the life of Moses pretty much inside out. They know that God spoke to Moses through the burning bush and told him that I am who I am. The Pharisees realize Jesus is making this same claim. And they have a problem with this. So they challenge Jesus. You are bearing false witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true, they say. It's kind of like today if someone were to accuse you of lying on your resume. Did you really create a COVID vaccine? Were you really the president of the company? Are you really God? Jesus responds to their challenge by challenging them back, as he tends to do. He challenges their authority, which is always a good thing when someone has their backs up, am I right? He says, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. In other words, Jesus is telling them, you don't know who I am, although you would if you paid any attention. So what about this light of the world thing? Jesus makes reference to the people who are living in darkness, referring to people who are living in sin. In other words, we're all living in darkness. Darkness is seen as being absent from God. And Jesus has come to bring light, to bring revelation to those people, which is also us. Reverend Dr. Anthony Bailey from Parkdale United Church in Ottawa wrote this in 2011. It is true that in the Bible, darkness is seen as the antithesis of light, with light being the symbol of God's purity, glory, and wisdom. The Bible does use darkness to symbolize depravity, disobedience to God, the unenviable place of the dead, the place where the wicked sit, and the place of punishment where wrongdoers will be cast into. He adds, in typical biblical fashion, however, symbolic language is elastic. Darkness is also the place out of which God speaks, encompassing the very presence of God. Jesus is speaking into the darkness. He's drawing those around him out of a life of sin and inviting them to life. Life in the company of God, who is available today and every day. This invitation is available to us as well, as we seek to turn away from our own lives of sin and live in the awareness that God is with us now. The Pharisees seek to challenge Jesus again. They ask him, well, where's your father? Jesus answers, you know neither my father nor me. If you knew me, then you would also know my father. 
they still don't recognize who Jesus is. But they don't arrest him because we're told his time has not yet come. Jesus still has work to do before he gets arrested. The Pharisees don't seem to have quite enough of a case built up just yet in order to charge him and arrest him. Interestingly, interestingly enough, Jesus says he's the light of the world again. This time in John chapter 9, just a few verses after where we are today. Jesus comes across a man born blind. The disciples ask Jesus, well, who sinned, him or his parents? Jesus says, neither. This is for the glory of God. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he heals the man and sends him on his way. But then the people take the man who was once blind to the Pharisees. And this stirs up even more trouble for Jesus. Because they challenge the blind man, who did this to you? Tell us about him. What? Who is he? And the blind man then asks them if they also want to become his disciples because of all the great things he's done. <coughs> As you can well imagine, they do not appreciate this comment at all. And they throw him out into the street. Over the course of these two chapters, John 8 and 9, the Pharisees are challenged to see who Jesus, to see Jesus for who he is, for who he claims to be, the Son of God, the Messiah they have been looking for. The question for today is this Why don't they see? What is it going to take for them to see Jesus for who he is? What is it going to take for them to fully recognize him? Light is a sign of purity, cleanliness. Darkness cannot stand against it. It cannot hide. Light always wins. Jesus is the light to chase away the darkness and evil of sin in this world. Some people choose to resist the light. Some people are so entrenched in their own personal darkness, they refuse it. They just close their eyes and hold on. The Pharisees are so caught up in their own power and authority, even though it's misguided and wrong, they don't see the truth when it stands right in front of them, declaring that he is the one they are looking for. Now you might think to yourself, how dumb do you have to be to not see this? Well, let's look at the huge divide in politics right now. Look at how the, the, the right is so entrenched in its own dogma that they cannot see the evil in their own party. You could even say the same for the left. Whether liberal or conservative, democratic or republic, republican, the extremes are all blinded by some degree to the power they hold. And as a result, they're unwilling to give up even an inch, to concede, even if it means saving lives. Who are the Pharisees of today? Well, we have many. People who refuse to face the facts right in front of us. Jesus is the light of the world. 
And he invites us to give up our sin for the freedom that only God can give. So another question we might ask ourselves this week is this. Do we accept Jesus for who he says he is? Do we allow him to be the light in our lives, exposing the things we try to hide in the darkness? So that they can be tossed out, the sin can be tossed out, and can we and we can be a child of God and receive everything that Jesus offers. Do we accept Jesus for who he is? As I record this on Friday noon, uh, Friday afternoon, Dr. Strang and our new premier, Ian Rankin, have put Halifax back into a bit of a lockdown. We're trying to spread, uh, to limit the spread of COVID in our province as we've seen a bunch of cases pop up. Now we've learned to trust Dr. Strang, haven't we? We've learned to trust him a great deal. He's, even though he's made unpopular decisions that have resulted in our province being one of the safest places in the world during the pandemic. But Dr. Strang, he's just a man. He cannot keep the virus out. It is here and it continues to spread despite his best efforts. Jesus is God among us. Jesus remains active in this world through our lives as, one, as ones who seek to follow him. But first we must trust him. We must allow him to be the light shining in our darkness so we may see the way forward, the way out of sin and into the life God has for us. May you let Jesus into your life today as the Lord of your life before all other things. Let us not be blinded by our, by our sin or by our own false beliefs. Let's turn to Jesus today and the light and truth that he offers. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you join me for a time of prayer? Let us pray. Lord, you are the giver of the greatest gift. You have given us the light of the world in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, may that light shine into our lives, revealing the darkness that we hide, the sin that we hide, that we just don't want to acknowledge. Lord, may you help us see that which we need to remove from our lives, that displeases you, that, that keeps us apart from you, so that we may receive the freedom of life that you offer. Lord, speak to us, we pray. Help us to see the life that you would have us live. The, light of, the, 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 the life of light, of purity and glory and honor towards you. Lord, as we seek to be your followers, as we seek to, to live out this faith that we have in you, may you show us ways in which we can serve. Show us that even in these pandemic days, there are lives that can be touched by your presence and that lives can be touched, uh, and that presence can be brought through us. Lord, give us wisdom, give us guidance as we seek to continue to live in this world, pandemic or not, that we may be your children, sharing your love with others. And Lord, show us again what we need to be praying for, whether it's for our church or for our community or for ourselves. 
We also pray for those who are around us, our loved ones, our family, and our friends. May you bless them, O Lord. May you fill them with your spirit. May you bring them healing for those who need healing. May you bring comfort and warmth to those who need it. For those who mourn, O God, give them strength and peace. Lord, we just pray your blessing upon all in need of your care this day. We pray for public health as they seek to get this vaccine out as widely as possible, as quickly as possible. We pray for those um, who are in leadership. We pray for Dr. Strang. We pray for Ian Rankin. We pray for all the ministers that serve in the cabinet. We pray for all who serve in our communities. We pray for the doctors and nurses, the, the frontline workers. We pray for the police. We pray for the fire department. We, we pray for paramedics, O oh God. May they all be held safe in your arms as they seek to bring healing to this world. Then, Lord, we pray that it is your healing, that it is your hope, that it is your peace and strength that is brought to those in need. Lord, we pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know. 
a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.